It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. The Blue Jackets with a big win last night in Montreal as they beat the Canadians. And now tonight... They're back at home trying to make it three in a row as they take on the Florida Panthers at Nationwide Arena. Once again, I'm live on Twitter Spaces. If you have a question, you can just request access, and I will bring you up, and you can ask your question. There are also some that have sent their questions to me on Twitter, at Sports or through my email, bobbymack at bluejackets.com. And I'll start to answer your questions right after I tell you about the fine folks at Telhio Credit Union. You know, Telhio Credit Union, they've served the area for a long, long time. And the reason is because they do it right. It's because they take care of their customers. And their customers are happy. And if you're not one of their customers, maybe you should go to their website and find out why you're not. And why do I say go to, your web, go to their website and find out why that you're not? Well, it's very simple. Because on the website at telhio.org, you'll find out all of the reasons why you should join a credit union instead of using a regular bank. You'll find out all of the different services Telhio Credit Union uh, provides, and you'll find out the perks and bonuses that go along with those services. All the answers are right there for you. And if you can't find the answer to your question, and if you are looking during regular business hours, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Click on it. Somebody will pop up, and they will help you to get the answer that you are looking for. Telhio Credit Union is open to everyone in central and southwestern Ohio. They're federally insured by NCUA. Again, a big night for the Blue Jackets last night in Montreal. Patrick Laine comes up with two goals in that game. Look, the Montreal Canadiens are hurting in goal. They're very much hurting. Carey Price hasn't played all year. Uh, Jake Allen is hurt. When they start off, they're starting with their third-string goaltender, and the fourth-string guy was in the game before long, before the first period was over. I, it was like like a blink of the eye, and they had the fourth-string guy in there already. So the Blue Jackets took full advantage. They knew it was weak goaltending. They shot the puck a lot last night. They found the back of the net a lot, and they needed that. I think they needed that confidence uh, boost to their system. Uh, Patrick Laine, especially two goal performance for him. Uh, he always seems to be better when he gets a little bit of confidence about himself. Cole Sillinger had a huge goal after the game had been uh, had gotten tight. It got the four three, and Cole Sillinger, after the Blue Jackets were hemmed back inside of their own zone for a while, was able to get the puck come down the ice on the left wing side and just blister a shot into the upper right hand corner. It extended the lead again. It gave them breathing room, and they took uh, full advantage of that when it was all said and done. So a lot of good things about that game last night and good to win back-to-back games for the first time since November. And again, an opportunity to make it three in a row as they take on the Florida Panthers here at Nationwide Arena tonight. All right, let me uh, start getting to things uh, very quickly here. And let me get to your questions. And I'm going to start with uh, this first one. And it comes to me via email. Um, Again, my email, bobbymack at bluejackets.com. And here is the uh, the question, and this is from Lamar. Lamar says, I've got two questions. I've been a fan of this team since the inaugural game, and one thing that seems to have always been a part of this team's identity is a blue-collar attitude, grinding in the corners, finishing checks, and overall grittiness before and after the whistle. Guys like Jody Shelley, Dalton Prout, and Jared Bowl have always found a place on the team and in the hearts of fans, even if their contributions to the box score were minimal. Uh, they were the ones that you looked for 
an energy jump in the way of a big hit or a timely fight when the energy seemed to be dragging. Watching these games of late, it seems that we've truly lost that aspect of our playing style. Do you believe this is a result of the personnel that we have on the ice? Is it a philosophy change coming from the new coaching staff, or is it some other factor that you see leading to this lack of physicality? Well, Lamar, first of all, the game is changing. It just is changing where there aren't the big hits anymore and there aren't the big fights anymore like there used to be back in the day. And as John Tortorella said, he said this numerous times, there's just not enough hate in the game. Everybody is everybody else's buddy, and that's the way they play on many nights. Nobody wants to go out and hit anybody. Nobody wants to fight anybody. There's just less hate in the game. And when you don't have players that want to go out there and play with that kind of vitriol, it just changes things. Now, that being said, it would be nice to have a little bit more of that grit in the lineup. I don't think anybody would be opposed to it. Uh, you look at uh, what the New York Rangers went out and did during the offseason. They got Barclay Goudreau from the Tampa Bay Lightning. They brought him in as a free agent. A lot of the reason is because he plays with grit and grind. They got Ryan Reeves to come in there because he plays with a big physical presence. And they're playing in a, a division where Tom Wilson is with the Washington Capitals. And we all know that he has a very physical style of play to his game. So uh, that's, in some ways, it was keeping up with the Joneses. In other ways, it was just trying to, you know, be a little bit intimidating on your own. But that's that's not quite the way with everybody. Um, again, it's, it's, it's kind of going out the door, but yet whenever you play against teams in the Western Conference, and we talked about this, remember when the Blue Jackets were rolling and they got off to a great start this year, and then all of a sudden, they had to start going up against uh, St. Louis and even Nashville and Dallas, and all of a sudden the teams are bigger and more physical, and um, there's just a different aspect to the game. So it's still part of the game, but it is not as prevalent a part of the game as it once was. And uh, I think with the Blue Jackets right now, they um, I, I think where you are with this team is you're trying to figure out what you have and what you're going to be. And then once you do that, then you can add that element uh, if you don't have anybody that already brings that element. Uh, but I think that's a um, – I, I don't know that this team is a, a playoff team right now. And so you're just trying to let the, as many guys play as you can. There's a lot of auditions going on right now uh, with this team, to be honest with you. And a lot of those guys are younger or less experienced guys. And so that element hasn't been part of it. Uh, would I like to see more of that? Of course I'd like to see more of that. There's no doubt about that, and obviously so would you. Lamar also says, uh, focusing on the positive, is Boone Jenner having the greatest season a captain has ever had for the Blue Jackets? I know Rick Nash had some incredible statistical performances as captain that were impressive, but Boone's impact as a center, winning draws, getting dirty goals, and playing sound defense really seems to be the one positive I can look to in this tough stretch. In my opinion, he was just as as uh, deserving, if not more so, than Wierenski to make it to the All-Star game. Well, uh, he is having a great season. There's no doubt about it. 18 goals, to his credit, coming into play tonight. Um, he is. I, I think he's been terrific. I, I didn't know if I would see him uh, score 30 goals again in a season like he did a couple of years ago. I thought maybe those days were behind him. And he's going to have 20. And probably at least 25 and maybe come close to that 30 mark. Who knows? So, yeah, you're right. He's played uh, extremely well. Rick Nash did have some really good seasons, you know, statistically. But if you go beyond the statistics and as you're talking about winning the face-offs and, and 
doing the the gritty work, then uh, you have a point, Lamar. You very, very much have a point. Uh, let's go to uh, Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports on Twitter. Uh, Charlie Go says, can you explain the system that the Blue Jackets play or that the coaching staff is trying to implement, and why is it supposed to take two to three years for the team to see success? People always say that players need to buy into the system and stick to it. Well, the uh, I think everybody pretty much plays the same system now, to be honest with you. There's not a lot of differences in the games and the way that they're played. I mean, it's no longer the New Jersey Devils and, uh, you know, the – you know, you're not doing the, the left-wing lock kind of thing anymore. Everybody's pretty much uh, got a free-flowing type of a system. You've got to be responsible defensively. You have to uh, – your forwards have to cover for your defense when it pinches. Uh, there's not a lot different from team to team, quite frankly. So why does it uh, – why is it supposed to take two to three years? There's no rule that says it's supposed to take two to three years. I think when you make as many changes as the Blue Jackets have, and their system was always very defensive. Remember, John Tortorella's system was pack it in in front of the goalie and block shots and, um, you know, try to – it was more defend, defend, defend. This one is a little bit more open where you're being aggressive and you're trying to score – and they have not that they've gotten away from the defense and not that they're saying don't play any defense whatsoever, but it's not like everybody drop back and, and try to pack five guys in front of the goaltender like it used to be. So uh, there's adjustments being made there, but mostly what takes the time is the players that are being integrated into the system. And if you have a veteran team, you can bring one guy or two guys in and, and you can make those adjustments and you can just kind of, keep rolling but when you're bringing in a lot of inexperience at the same time that's why it takes more time now the the to answer the question of uh when you say you know talk about uh you got to know the system and you've got to stick to the system well that that's a totally different thing because that's absolutely true once once you're playing within your system um you do have to stick to it because when you get out of it and when you start to do things you're not supposed to do uh, you let your guy go, you get out of your lane, whatever it is. When you do that, now you're just creating opportunity for the other team. So um, those are, you know, they're kind of two different things, but everybody buys into the system when you're winning. And when you're losing, that's when players tend to stray from what they know that they are supposed to do. And they try to do too much, or maybe in some cases they think, well, this coach doesn't know um, what he's talking about. And that's not working. So we got to try something else or I have to try something else. And then that something else doesn't work. So that's really, to be honest with you, Charlie, that's uh, where all of that stuff is. Um, to give you a little uh, explanation on that. So let's go to uh, Twitter spaces and bring Lauren on the show here today. Lauren, welcome to uh, the Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. Are you there, Lauren? Lauren's got her, uh, Lauren is uh, muted. Oh, can you hear me now, Bob? Now I can hear you. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Well, yesterday was my birthday, so I'm a very happy Blue Jacket fan. Well, happy belated birthday to you. Thank you. I'm really glad we won, and I'm really glad that we have Sean Corrali on this team. My question is really simple. I would love to know what is your favorite thing that Sean Corrali has brought to our team. I think he's got a lot of great qualities on and off the ice, so I'd like to know what you think. Well, I think, it, well, first of all, you're right. He does have a lot of qualities both on and off the ice. Uh, I like his accountability. I think he's, uh, I, I think he holds himself accountable. 
Um, I liked even when, you know, let's go back to the Pittsburgh game a couple of weeks ago when he had the matchup against Sidney Crosby, and he played him really well, but yet Crosby had a hat trick at the end of the night, and Sean was asked about it, and, you know, he said it doesn't make any sense for me to say if I thought I played well against him when he came out of there with three goals. And he's right, because even though he did play well, it you know, it's it's silly. You can't – what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, well, I thought I did a really good job, but yet had to hand, the guy still had three goals. And what I like about Sean in that – with that example is that he's very humble and and he understands, um, you know, he'll know that he did a good job, but it still wasn't good enough on that particular night. And he's not going to be satisfied with that. So the accountability factor that he brings uh, is really good. And to be honest with you, Lauren, he is just a doggone nice guy. He really is. He is a legit, truly nice person who is a really good hockey player. So just having him around and for younger guys or older guys, it doesn't matter, just to have a guy like him to bounce things off of, to talk to, to uh, get his uh, perspective and his opinion on things, uh, I think is very, very helpful for this group. So there are a a lot of intangibles that Sean brings to the game. And then, um, you know, what he does on the ice is he has been the centerman for the most reliable line all year long. And Eric Robinson has been on the wing of the most reliable line all year long. And then on the other side, it was Alexander Texier for a long time. And now it's uh, Igor Chinikov who is doing it. So Sean Corrali drives that line. Whenever you need things to be stabilized, tap the shoulder of number seven and tell him to get on the ice. That's, that's his biggest contribution to this team, I think. I love that answer, Bob. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see, where else shall we go here on our Twitter spaces today? And uh, let's go to uh, Jordan. Let's get Jordan all lined up here to come on the show and get some thoughts today on uh, what uh, what he sees with the Blue Jackets. Jordan, I got to set a ground rule for you before we even start, okay? No, no, you're good. Go, go ahead, Bob. Are you there? Okay, so here's the ground rule. I was I was going back and I was listening to last week's show, and you asked me so many questions in rapid fire. What I didn't realize at the time was that you never even got the answer. I think you asked me three things in a row, and you didn't even get the answer to the first two because they were rapid fire, and then we got to the third thing, and, and that led to another discussion. So here's what we're going to do, Jordan. One at a time. Hit me with them one at a time. What you got? Okay. All right, go ahead. First one, I was surprised. What did you see about Jaeger Chinikov in the performance against both Carolina and Montreal last night? Well, I, what I see is, first of all, he's a guy that's got a lethal shot, especially when he gets in one-on-one with a goaltender. There's no doubt about that. And he did that in both of those games. He had a goal like that in Carolina, and he had a goal – uh, last night like that where he got in one-on-one. So that's first the first thing. The other thing is I see a guy that's a pretty smart hockey player that um, has a good sense of the game. He might not speak a lot of English right now, but he understands the game. He understands where he needs to be, when he needs to be there. Does he make mistakes? Of course he does. He's a 20-year-old playing in the NHL for the first time. But I think all in all you see really uh, good flashes of his understanding of the game and his hockey IQ, as we call it, uh, just knowing what to do when both when you have the puck and when you don't have the puck. Right, and it does become a bigger factor, you know, for the for the Jackets. And some people were kind of backlashing that Brad Larson should have been fired, but I was like, that should never happen. I mean, this 
this team's just just getting started. I mean, they're they're trying to rebuild on what happened when we had some of our veteran players getting traded. You know, for many reasons. I mean, Boone has stepped up his game. You know, against the Rangers. I mean, take that actually into consideration. I mean, you got good goalies. You got like better advantage points. What do you think the defense has to do in order to step up the game tonight against the Panthers? Well, I think for the defense tonight, first of all, they'll be without Jake Bean. He got hurt last night, which is not good. Uh, Gabriel Carlson is going to come in. He's a big-bodied guy. Uh, Brad Larson was happy with him when he was in the lineup last time. He told me that he didn't get taken out of the lineup because he didn't play well. He got taken out of the lineup because somebody else came back, and it was just, you know, uh, he felt better with uh, that other person who at the time was what? Boquist came back from the COVID list, right? So Boquist went back in over him. Um, the defense, look, the defense on this team overall, here's what they need to do. Play more hockey in the National Hockey League. And all you can do is keep playing games. And what I mean by that is they are all very inexperienced when it comes to playing in this league. I mean, Zach Wierenski's played here for a number of years, and, and that's one thing. But, you know, Gavrikov's only been here for a couple of seasons. Jake Bean is essentially in his second season. Adam Boquist is in his second season. They don't have a lot of games played in the NHL. The only way you get better, and especially at that position, because outside of goaltending, the the defense position is the hardest one to make the adjustment to. Um, it just takes time and experience, and that's what you have to wait for. Andrew Peak, uh, you know, he hasn't played a lot of games. You've got... You've got four of your six defensemen on a nightly basis that uh, don't have many games in the National Hockey League, and they're only going to get better by playing more games, and and that's what you have to wait for, that experience as it comes along for them. So, um, you know, tonight they're going to take on a team that uh, exploited them a couple of weeks ago, a team that jumped on them immediately within the first minute of the game, and then went on to score eight times after they scored in the first minute of that game. The Blue Jackets will remember that uh, like it was yesterday, I'm sure. They're, they have to be on these guys. You have to somehow, you you cannot let the Florida Panthers create. You can't give them a lot of room. You have to be right on them. Now, I don't mean you have to physically be pounding them, but you have got to close the gap on them. You have to make sure that you are within a very short distance so that they have to make quick decisions. They have to make passes and they don't have time to just sit there with the puck and find the right spot to take a shot or make the right pass. It's very, it's very simple. If you give them time, this team is lethal with uh, the puck on their stick. So uh, you have to make them scramble. You have to make them run around. Don't let them be comfortable. I don't care where you're playing the game. If this team feels comfortable, they are going to exploit you with their offense. Right, and you could see the bigger chances of you kind of have to kind of cover. It's kind of like a man, like kind of like basketball. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's it's yeah. You're either playing a man to man or you're playing a zone type of a defense. You're absolutely right. Right. Yeah, but you've got to maintain your assignment, whatever that is tonight. Because if you lose your man in with this team, and and they've got uh, you know they're going to have Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto playing on the same line which they they were doing that, and then they split them up, so they had two really good uh, lines to put the pressure on. But that last game that they played, um, they came back against yeah, San Jose, and those guys led the way, so they're going to leave them together again tonight. And you, uh, you mess up with one of them, the other one's going to kill you. It's as simple as that. 
even with Texier out to four weeks, what would you expect? Uh, do they know like when he'll be likely to return to the ice after the injury he had against the Rangers? No, I don't think they know exactly right now. It's just a kind of a wait and see what they say. Basically four weeks, right? Maybe with that. So you never know. I, I, with a, an injury to the hand and the finger, you know, I think sometimes you, um, they're usually, they usually project uh, worst case scenario and then they hope that the player starts feeling better or that they can, you know, makeshift the glove or do some kind of splint or something that can get them back uh, before the original estimate. But uh, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see with that. Right. And, you know, I mean, honestly, how are you feeling after you uh, tested positive for COVID? Like, how, how did you experience that? Like, did you have to like quarantine for like ten days or five days? Yeah, five. I'm uh, I'm finishing it up now, and um, uh, I felt like I had a cold, quite honestly. So, uh, you know, it's I, I've I've been sicker at other times in my life, but um, you know, when the test comes up positive, you uh, you immediately go into the protocol, and that's fine. That's that's the rules for everybody. Uh, there have been other you know players have had to miss the games, and. Unfortunately, I've had to miss some games here, but uh, yeah, all in all, it could be much, much worse. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm complaining about missing the games because that's, you know, <laughs> but it is the rule. But I, I'm, you know, I've been sicker in right. my life. Right. Yeah. The, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, that's right. Calls, calls. You that's gotta right. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Jordan, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. As always, go Jackets. All right, thank you. That is Jordan. We're live on Twitter Spaces. If you would like to join, all you have to do is make a request, and I'll bring you on the show, and you can ask your question. Uh, let me go back to Twitter here. And Jody says, uh, do you think that the Blue Jackets can pull off a miracle like the St. Louis Blues did in 2019, where they come back from a bad record in the first half of the year to win the Stanley Cup? Um, no, I don't, Jody. I, I, I don't think that. I'm Like, it would be great. It would be, uh, I think it would be a miracle type of a thing, to be honest with you, if that were to happen. But uh, that St. Louis team was a much uh, deeper and more experienced veteran team than this one is. So I uh, do not think that that is going to be the case. And quite honestly, let's take it a step further. Uh, As great as it would be, it's not really what you want to happen here. Um, What Actually, I shouldn't say that. It is what you want to happen. It's not what you need to happen. Again, we talked about this last week. We'll talk about it probably every week from here on out. This season was one of those take a step back to take two steps forward type of a season. All right? Everybody knew that from the beginning. Going into it, everybody knew. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but you knew it. And then when you get off to the great start like they did, then all of a sudden you start to have other hopes. And if it would have continued to go in that direction, that would have been terrific. That would have been absolutely fine. I would have no complaints with it. But they have come back down to earth, and uh, they are playing probably the way that they should be playing. So get your draft picks. You know, get your get your draft picks as high as you can get them, and and then take that next step. And this is supposed to be a good draft. And I know there are many of you that are going to say, you always talk about how you hate the draft and you don't want to talk about the draft and the heck with the draft. And yeah, that's true. That is true. And especially it's true when, uh, when you have a veteran team, like the team we had a couple of years ago when the team was going to the playoffs and did have a chance to win. And then people wanted to talk about the draft. I didn't want to talk about the draft then 
because I wasn't worried about the future. The future was now. But now the future is the future once again. So, uh, you know, this season was all about trying to build for the future. So that's that's what we got to keep in mind here as we go along. Uh, let's go back here on Twitter and bring Dan on to the Monday mailbag today. So, uh, Dan, wait for Dan to unmute. There he did. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on. Yeah, so kind of going off of what you were just saying there, uh, we knew what we were getting into this season. Just curious, next year, what what are we looking at? We've got Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, uh, potentially some other young prospects coming in play, guys like Liam Foody. Uh, still waiting to see Trey Fickle-Anski get a chance. Um, but just who do you see as like the odd men out coming after this season? I could see... Uh, I could see no Domi, no Bemstrom. Uh, there's just some guys that I think are kind of on that cusp of not not being in the lineup next year with all these uh, other prospects coming in. Just want to get your thoughts. Well, Domi being an unrestricted free agent and a guy that should have um, gets he should get some attention at the trade deadline. I would expect that you know it. I think he's going to wind up with somebody else by the time the playoffs roll around. Quite honestly, so there's that. So there's an opening there, Bemstrom. I mean, this is year three, and I don't know how they see him. Watching him for three years, I would have to think that this is, you know, a put up or shut up year, right? And yeah, um, that that's what I was thinking as well. It kind of seems like we've seen the experiment. I wouldn't mind seeing some other guys uh, get a chance. And then, you know, Liam Foody. There, that's a real question mark because, well, here's what here's what I think. Here, let me put it to you this way, Dan. I think as we go on. And once we get to that trade deadline, I would not be surprised if you're going to see opportunities arise for more ice time for the Emil Bemstroms, Liam Foodies, Trey Fix-Wolanskis, because it's going to come down to this. You have to figure out exactly what you have. What do they have with Liam Foodie? We don't know. We've seen just little snippets of Liam Foodie here and there. We've seen very good snippets, and then we've seen the average snippets. Um, Trey Fix Wolanski, as you mentioned, we haven't seen it all. You know, he's played well in Cleveland in the American Hockey League. I, I think there are going to be chances for guys like that because they've got to figure out if they're going to be in the future plans or they're not going to be in the future plans. So um, Kent Johnson's in the future plans, hands down, no question. He's in, and, you know, maybe even by the end of the year, after, uh, after his school year is over, uh, he's here before it's all said and done. He's going to be a part of it. Beyond that, those other guys, that's where they need to come up for some or come up with some ice time for them so they can figure out if they're going to be here or they're not. Because if you had to make that decision today, if I had to make that decision today, can't tell you a thing about Fix Wolanski because I haven't seen him. And uh, the other two would both be out because they haven't done anything that has impressed me enough for them to stay. But that's today. And, you know, have has Liam Foody really gotten a, a – a great opportunity to just get out there and play day in and day out and not getting take not to be taken out of the lineup. No, he hasn't. So without that, you know, it's very easy to say today, you just cut it off and that's over. But you know, by the end of the year, I would be surprised if they don't find some time for guys like that so that they can give them a, a realistic opportunity and a look to see if they're going to be part of this or they're not. Yeah, I appreciate that insight. I think it's definitely a, a group of fringe guys over the next couple of years that we're going to find out if they make it or not, especially with uh, 
who is it, Veronikov, the other Russian that's going to yeah. be another year away from Marchenko. So it'll be very interesting. Yeah, and, and the thing about him is, um, you know, from what I've heard, he is like Marchenko is, is a good player. The reports I was told was Marchenko is more of a flash guy. Veronikov is more of an edge guy, a, kind of a mean guy, right? And um, so that'll add a different element. Somebody was asking earlier about physical play. That, that would add a different element if you get a player like that to come over. So, um, yeah, and then you've got, you know, whatever you get in the draft this year, whatever you take with, uh, let's say you get two top ten picks, there's a good possibility that uh, maybe they're in the mix next year or they're in the mix the year after that. So, yeah, you're, you're right. There's a lot of guys that uh, they've got to figure out if they're, if they're ever going to be a part of it or if they're just going to be spare parts. And, th- and then one last thing here for you, I guess on the, on the note of some of these fringe guys, I'm a big fan of him obviously being from Columbus, but I'm curious your thoughts on Jack right now. Um, I know he got a goal last night. It was good to see him get back on the board, but I'm just curious, what's it looking like for him and his future? I know he signed that two-year deal last year when he came over. You know, I just had a conversation with Jody Shelley and John luc Grandpierre today. Um, we're going to talk about this on Wednesday night on the Inside Edge, but um, it, it's a very tough question because it's easy to look at Jack's game. You know, you look at what he did last year and you look at what he's done this year and you wonder how's there so much of a fall-off and uh, as impressive as he was last year and how much he struggled this year. But the real question is, Dan, are you ready to cut the cord? Are, are you ready to send him somewhere else? He's still a young guy. You know, you still, you know, you could still have some control over him here. And um, are you comfortable that if he goes somewhere else, he's not going to blossom into what you thought he was going to be? You know what I mean? That's what makes it tough with Jack. I, I would, I think right now, I would listen, to be honest with you, I would listen. But um, I would also be a little bit leery, and I'd probably want to hold on to him for another year and see if I can get him back to where he was last year and get him to stay at that level, to be honest. Agreed. Don't want to see another Bill Carlson incident there. Yeah, and it, you know, and it always comes back to him. And, oh, by the way, you know, he only had that one year. I mean, he's he's been a good player, but he had 40 goals that one year, which is why everybody remembers it. But, um, you know, when I, when I hear about Vegas now, I, his name doesn't pop up nearly as much as it did back then, but it's still a good example because it happened, right? Yep. In in lack center depth after that as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, You're depressing me, Dan. I gotta let you go. You're depressing (laughs) me. We've seen a lot of those times. I'm looking forward to the, to the good ones. Absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate you being on. Oh, Yes. Yeah, there have been, uh, what's it say, the best of times, the worst of times. We've lived through them. Uh, the UK Blue Jacket says, hey, any news on the NHL international games? Uh, the game in Finland against the Avalanche was, of course, supposed to happen, but do we expect this to be rearranged going forward, or has it been scrapped completely? It hasn't been scrapped completely. I Again, the preliminary plan is for it to happen next year. I don't know if it would be the same opponent. I guess it would be, but... Uh, uh, as far as I know, it was uh, just pushed back, just pushed back until COVID is over. And I know that, uh, and I don't know if Finland's one of them. I'm sorry, I guess I should check this. I know a lot of those uh, countries over there are starting to lift all of their COVID restrictions. Not that it's going to do anything for this year, obviously, but hopefully that's a good sign that you start to get back to normal and you get through the summer and then you can go ahead and schedule these games and, uh, and not just schedule them, heck, play them. Schedule them and play them. I mean, that's the way to do it, right? 
So uh, no news on that right now, but uh, it has not been permanently scrapped. Look, the NHL wants to get back to Europe. They want to get back over there, and they want to play games in front of those fans. They want to take the product worldwide, and they just uh, have to wait until they're able to do so. It's uh, pretty simple. It's as simple as that, as a matter of fact. So the Blue Jackets and the uh, Florida Panthers getting together tonight at Nationwide Arena. The faceoff is at 7 o'clock this evening. Pre-game coverage comes your way at 6.30, both on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Bally Sports Ohio. And uh, I am... Uh, I'm out for my last game tonight and then return after the break. So uh, I like to joke and say I got the early all-star break, but it has not been fun. It's not a fun break. <laughs> but uh, Jeff River and Jody Shelley will have the call for you this evening, both on radio and TV. And then I will be back with the team next week when they go to Washington to take on the Capitals next uh, Tuesday. Next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow when they come out of the break. Also, don't forget, Zach Wierenski will be representing the Blue Jackets at the NHL All-Star Weekend, and that is in Las Vegas. Play that three-on-three tournament. Zach's going to be a big part of that. I hope he does extremely well. I know this. He'll represent the Blue Jackets well, no matter if he has points or he doesn't have points. None of that matters. Just him representing the Blue Jackets is a plus for Columbus and Central Ohio. There's no doubt about that. So thank you for your questions today. I appreciate it, as always. Uh, We will do this. Let's see. Uh, Next week, we'll take it off. We'll take off the uh, for the All-Star break. We'll take off the Monday mailbag and get back to it when the team is on that 11-day road trip right out of the All-Star break and what fun that is going to be. All those games... Or almost, yeah, it is all the games. All the games that were postponed, basically, are going to be wrapped up in that trip. The game, the Washington game got moved from another date. But uh, then we'll go to Buffalo. That was a postponed game. Then we'll go to Montreal. That was a postponed game. Then we'll go out to Calgary. That was a postponed game. And then we'll come back to Chicago. And that, too, was a postponed game. So that's what it'll be like coming out of the break for the Blue Jackets. But one more game tonight. They take on the Florida Panthers and hopefully can even the season series at one apiece with Florida, Sergei Bobrovsky back in net for the Florida Panthers tonight. So get another uh, opportunity to get even with the Panthers. And Sergei Bobrovsky, he was the guy in net a couple of weeks ago when the Blue Jackets got outscored 9-2. to two. No way Sergei could have lost that game. You can't screw that up when your team scores 9 for you. There's no way you can screw it up as a goalie. So the Blue Jackets have a chance to go back at him again tonight and then go into the All-Star break. So thanks once again for all of your questions today. That will do it for this Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.